Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast. As Pastor Tim brings us a message today from Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 28 through 39, entitled, We Will Not Neglect the House of Our God. God had been good to Nehemiah and his people. He had been miraculously good to them. So they rightly decided to live a life of gratitude and obedience to the Lord. They even signed a covenant among themselves, committing themselves to a godly lifestyle. As they came to the end of what that covenant contained, they declared, we will not neglect the house of our God. Should we choose to live a godly, obedient, grateful life, we too would declare, we will not neglect the house of our God. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. That's so good. I want to let you have a seat, and if you will, take your Bible, turn with me today to the book of Nehemiah. That uh, song that we just sang, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one, isn't it? If, if, more of, or if, if more of you then means less of me, then take everything. Uh, I don't think I really realize what I'm saying when I say that, you know? But I know that he wants to get me to a point to where I'm completely and utterly dependent upon him. And nothing else then is worth that, is it? It's a good prayer. It's a good song. In Nehemiah chapter number 10 is where we'll be today. The passage really gets its beginning in chapter number 9. You know about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of the leaders of the people back to... the promised land after their, um, after their exile. Uh, they have been brought back. Uh, Nehemiah is serving in a foreign land and receives word that the, that the wall around Jerusalem has been broken down and not rebuilt. He knows then that that makes that city vulnerable, his old city vulnerable. And so he asks to go back and God gives him that direction The king also gives him his approval, and they go back and miraculously rebuild that wall. 49 families in 52 days work together and rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem. It's a fantastic, fantastic story. And by the time we get here to chapters 9 and 10, that has already been accomplished. The question then comes, once I've built the wall... What do I do now? You know, did did we just build this wall as a project? Did we just build this wall for military success? Did we just build this wall maybe so we would have something to do? Why do you do what you do? Why, why do? Why do we do what we do as a church? 
Ark in the Park is on its way. Why do we do that? Why have we continued to do that all of these years? It costs so much money. It entails so much manpower to put that together. And boy, once it's over with, I mean, we, we rejoice and we, we clap and we praise and we say, man, what a wonderful, wonderful night. Is it just for that? Is it just so that we can present a carnival to our neighbors? No, it can't be just for that. Any more than the wall around Jerusalem could have just been a wall. What they've begun to do since the wall has, has gone up is to look inside of that wall. And what they've noticed is in the same way that the wall was crumbled around the city, the people spiritually are crumbled within the city. If we need to pay attention to a wall, we certainly better pay attention to our people. If we're going to pay attention to our park, we better be able to pay attention to our neighbors. As we come to Nehemiah chapter number 10, what we find are a group of people who have said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm tired of playing games with God. I'm tired of playing the church games. They wouldn't have used that word, but we certainly use that word. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I want my life with the Lord and my life in front of other people to be real and genuine and see God's presence and see God work in and through me. Don't you want that? I don't know anybody. I don't know any believer who doesn't want that. So if you're here in Nehemiah chapter number 10, I want to take your attention at the beginning of this passage to the very end. The very last phrase of the very last book. This becomes their declaration. We will not neglect the house of our God. We will not neglect the house of our God. That needs to be our declaration. We will not neglect the house of our God. We will not neglect His house. The question then becomes, what does that mean? What did they mean? What do we mean when we say that we will not neglect his house? This list today that I give to you is not exhaustive. I don't think it's exhaustive at all of what it means to not neglect the house of the Lord. But when we go backwards from verse number 39, we discover the stipulations of the covenant that they made with God at that time, and we get to see what they meant by we will not neglect the house of our God. And I'll tell you this, there may be some things that we would add to their list. But we need to keep everything that they have on their list. What does it mean to not neglect 
the house of our God. Number one, it means that you don't neglect your faithfulness. Don't neglect your faithfulness. If you're going to say and to declare, I will not neglect the house of my God, then you're making a statement that you're going to be faithful. That the faithfulness that you have shown throughout these years of your walk with the Lord is going to even step up from there. Don't neglect your own faithfulness. Meaning what? Let's go back to verse number 28. I skipped to verse number 28 because verses 1 through 27 are all names. You wouldn't want to read them. (laughs) It begins with Nehemiah the governor. I got that one. And he goes through a list of nobles and a list of priests, the most important of the important people in Jerusalem. In other words, those that are on the very top tier are in on this. They're the ones who are saying, we will not neglect the house of our God. Can you imagine our president, our governor, Others that are in the top tiers of leadership to say, we will not neglect the house of our God. (laughs) It would be a revival like we've never seen. That's what you're about to see here in this passage. All of these big wigs signing their name to the covenant. And then you get to read this. Verse number 28. Now the rest of the people... Who is that? The priest, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nethanim, and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding. It's not just the top tier. Oh, we want to hear it from them. I want to hear the preacher say, I will not neglect the house of my God. I want to hear the deacon say, I will not neglect the house of my God. I want to hear Sunday school teachers say, I will not neglect the house of my God. But I want to hear everybody, whether they hold a position or they don't, whether it's a paid position or a volunteer position, anybody, everybody, who has a connection with this church, to be able to say, we will not neglect the house of our God. We will not neglect our faithfulness. One of the very first things that I see in this passage that distinguishes this group among anybody else is that they had separated themselves. Did you see that in verse number 28? All those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the lands. You want to know what it means not to neglect your faithfulness? Then be sure to separate. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. When we talk, it ought to sound different than the rest of the world. Where we go ought to be different. What we do and how we go about our business ought to be different than the rest of the world. If there is no difference 
between a person on the outside of the church and the person who is on the inside of the church. Tell me, please, where is the Spirit of God? Because if the Holy Spirit of God is within the bodies of the people that are here in this place, then these people ought to be different. They ought to be separate. There ought to be a distinction. And if there's not, there is a problem. Be sure to separate. Number two, be sure to show up. (laughs) Be sure to show up. If you don't want to neglect your faithfulness, then attend your church. Now, obviously, this is not the group I should be saying that to, right? But that other group ain't here, so you get to hear it. Make sure that you show up, that you attend. Too many times, church becomes an elective. It's something that we do when we don't have something else to do. When there's not a ball game, when there's not a vacation, when there's not family coming to visit, When I don't feel bad, you know, I I can't come to church today because it's raining. I can't come to church today because it's beautiful outside. Show up. Show up. Look at verse number 10. You know what all these people did? It says that they joined with their brethren. They joined with one another. We have come into agreement with one another as a church. That we will be together. Together in our actions. Together in our activities. Together in our mission. Together. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As is the manner of some. What the writer of Hebrews notices is the very same thing that you will notice in our culture today. That it is the activity of some to only come to church sporadically. But he says, do not neglect that. Make sure that you show up. Let's keep going. It says that they joined with their brethren, their nobles. That's the, that's the group that we have listed in verses 1 through 27. He says, and they entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law. That's obedience. Which was given by Moses, the servant of God. And this is what they would do. To observe and to do. All the commandments of the Lord our Lord and His ordinances and His statutes. You want to not neglect your faithfulness? Then be sure that you separate. Be sure that you show up. Be sure that you serve. Be sure to serve. Moses is the servant of God. Why had they joined themselves together? So that they together might observe and do all the commandments of the Lord their God. That they would serve. Now, we ought not have to twist somebody's arm that they might serve. 
It ought to be a natural part of what it means to be a part of a fellowship. That we serve one another. That we serve the mission that we are on together. Nehemiah came in and simply offered them leadership. He didn't twist their arms. He didn't bribe them. He didn't, he didn't make them feel bad because they weren't serving. He simply showed them the need and showed them what needed to be done. And he got out in front of them and began to do it. And they did too. 49 people in 52 days built that wall around Jerusalem. And do you know what Nehemiah has to say about that? In Nehemiah chapter number 4 and verse number 6, the Bible says, For the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. Now I want to tell you something about Britt David. Britt David has a group of people with a mind to work. We do. You see it at Ark in the Park. But I want to tell you something. You see it even when you don't see it. You may not see the people who come up here during the week. You may not see the people who work on your air conditioners. You may not see the people who work on your windows. You may not see the people who work on the vans. You may not see the people who clean up the offices. You may not see the people who vacuum the carpets. You may not see the people who do all of the things that it takes to do. And they do it. And they do it not as unto men, but as unto the Lord. No matter how God has gifted you, and no matter the opportunities that God has given you to serve Him, serve Him with all your heart. Serve Him with excellence because that is what He deserves. He deserves your very best. Be sure that you separate. Be sure that you show up. Be sure that you serve. And number four, be sure to support. Be sure to support. As they worked on that wall, the Bible says that they worked side by side. Side by side. You get that in this, in this verse, in this 29th verse, when they joined themselves together with their brethren, that they might serve, that they might observe, that they might do according to all of God's commandments and statutes and ordinances and laws. Support your church. Work side by side. The resources that God has given to you, He's given to you for a reason. That you might use those for His kingdom, for His glory, for His work, for His purposes. Listen, He's going to talk a lot more about money before we get to the end of this. But that's a part of it, isn't it? If this is where I am, this church, this is where my work goes, to this church, and this is where my tithe goes, and this is where my offering goes, because that's where it deserves to go. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But don't, don't, you know, don't neglect that. Be sure that you support working side by side, hand in hand with your fellow church members. Let me give you one more. Be sure to solicit be sure to solicit, to invite others. Listen, they built the wall around Jerusalem to protect themselves from their enemies. But it didn't mean that they built a wall so that they could keep everybody else out. We don't keep everybody else out. 
There are people who need to be here. There's some who are believers who need a church family. There's some who simply need to know the Lord. And we need to invite them. That's not hard, is it? To just invite them. I would like for you to come to church with me. That's easy. That's easy to do. Now, if you want them to sit with you, <laughs> you, you need to act right. You know, if you want them to go out to eat with you afterwards, that may be a whole different story. But listen, invite them. Solicit for your church. All of that is a part of simply what it means to be faithful. And that's what they're promising the Lord in these first two verses. We will be faithful to the house of God. If we're not going to neglect it, then we're going to be faithful to it. What does it mean to not neglect your church? Number two, don't neglect your family. Don't neglect your family. Your family is your priority. It is. It is outside of the Lord Jesus Himself. The next most important relationship that you have is your family. And you better protect it. Because the world is after it. There's so many things that want to break our families apart. You have to work hard to keep your family together. Now I know that we've had some personnel committees through the years that are, that, that are more interested in whether we're in the office at a set time and, and, and whether the office is open and whether there's somebody there to answer the telephone or, or meet somebody's need. Those things important? Sure, they're important. But I'll tell you this. Every one of our staff knows that if there comes something up with their family and they need to go, then they can go. They don't have to ask. They don't have to wonder. They just go. Because I'm going to tell you this. If it's a choice between the work that I have to do and my family... I'm going to choose to go with my family. You know, there, there, there are times when I had to miss meetings because Julianne is cheering. I want to go see that. There, there are meetings I had to miss because Alex had something going on. I, I want to be there with him. There are times when Dina had stuff going on. You just have to be there, right? Don't neglect your family. I mentioned this to you last week. There comes a point to where you get to look at one another and say, at least we still got each other. Right? Everything else might crumble around you, but at least we have one another. Don't neglect your family. Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us today here on Brit David Podcast and invites you to come back tomorrow and listen to the conclusion of his message, We Will Not Neglect the House of Our God. From Nehemiah, chapter 10, verses 28 through 39. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus.